All right, guys, growing your wellness business doesn't have to mean working around the clock and feeling exhausted. So welcome to the Healthy Hustle Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Feldman, and I have been in your shoes. I've been in the wellness space for over nine years, and I know what it feels like to feel overwhelmed. I took my wellness business from 13K that first year and feeling fried and exhausted to over six figures. Now I'm a business coach for health and wellness professionals just like you, and I create done-for-you content and programs to help you save time and money so you can spend more time nailing down your niche, understanding your buyer avatar, attracting your ideal client, and building your business from the ground up the right way. So sit down and let's get started. Hey guys, I'm so excited here to be with my good friend, Lee. We are going to be diving into, well, she's got this really cool framework called the 3M. So I told her right away, we have to talk about this because there's not a coach out there who isn't dying to know how to have a successful and thriving business. We're going to cover a few topics, guys. So just stay tuned, grab a green juice, have some fun and listen to this episode. Lee, thanks so much for being here. Can you tell everyone a little about you? Absolutely, Rachel. Thank you so much for having me. So my name is Lee Shea McDonough. I am the founder of Coach with Clarity, where we support intuitive, innovative coaches as they deepen their coaching mastery and build sustainable, profitable coaching businesses. So we do that through a full-on certification program that is accredited wow. by the International Coaching Federation. And then we also have a group coaching program where we really dive into what it takes to be a successful, fulfilled coach. Well, and today, I mean, I think you, we heard the word profitable. And I said to you right before the biggest question I think that every coach has is I'm hearing all this information. How do I actually implement, you know, and build this, build this practice that it's going to fulfill me and not burn me out and make me really happy and so that's why I wanted you to dive into what are the characteristics of a coach that is building this profitable business? Well, I think the number one, and this actually contributes to the sense of overwhelm that we feel around, wait, how do I actually do this? The number one trait is that coaches tend to be big picture visionary thinkers. They are really able to spot opportunities, both in their clients' lives and what their clients are working through, but also for themselves. And that is such an essential quality for being a really powerful coach. But the, the shadow side, because every strength has a shadow side, is that when we are able to create these big visions of what's possible, it's almost as if we feel like it's inevitable. This is going to happen. I can make this work. But then we look at that ideal future and we look at where we are today and then there's this huge chasm between those two points. And that's where we can start to feel overwhelmed. We can see the big picture, but we don't necessarily see the step-by-step -step roadmap for getting there. So that's where it's helpful to say, okay, I know I'm feeling this way. It's actually a sign that I'm a visionary thinker. Let's really drill down and create the steps and processes that will help me achieve that vision. And that's also something that powerful coaches can do. And it's why I believe every coach needs a coach because we all benefit from that level of support when it comes to taking action. Oh, definitely. I, in the beginning stages of my career, I hired like five coaches back to back because and coaches that some of them just personality had what I wanted 
I wanted to be authentic when I was showing up. I wanted to, you know, push down that ego that says, no, you know, don't be that vulnerable. People are going to actually know you. But one of the things that really resonated with me that you were talking about is that really big picture. A coach sees that. They want that blueprint and that roadmap. And I know, of course, you must teach, you must teach that in your academy and coaching. But would you would you say that the powerhouse coaches are the ones that see the roadmap but know that it's going to pivot? Absolutely. I love having a roadmap. I love partnering with my clients to create one. But we want to make sure that we are building in flexibility as we go. I think the best plan is an adaptable one because things change. Sometimes it's external circumstances that change and force us to pivot a bit. But sometimes we change. In fact, often we change. Yeah. As we do the work, as we get to know ourselves better as coaches and business owners, we may realize that certain tactics work better for us than others. Maybe our values, we become more deeply connected with them and we want to modify how we're showing up in the world to really fully express what matters most to us. So I think anytime we're creating action plans, when we can bake in flexibility, adaptability, and also time to review the plan. Mm -hmm. It's one thing to have a great plan and to implement it, but we want to make sure that every three months, six months, however often works for you, we really are pausing to make sure, am I still on the right track? Are there any modifications that need to be made? Well, and I'm sure this flows right into your 3M approach. So why don't you just tell everyone, because I opened up and I was like, we're having this 3M approach. <laughs> now actually let's dive into what it is because you wrote a book about this. I mean, these are the really cornerstone pillars of your business and your thought behind your business. Absolutely. So I did write a book called Act on Your Business, Braving the Storms of Entrepreneurship and Creating Success Through Meaning, Mindset, and Mindfulness. So spoiler alert, those are the three M's. <laughs> <laughs> and for me, those are the pillars to creating a fulfilling, successful coaching practice, but really a fulfilling life. When we are grounding our thoughts, our behaviors, our actions in the three M's, we are just going to experience a greater level of contentment. So maybe let's walk through each one of those three M's yeah. a bit. So the first M that I talk about is meaning. And this is really getting clear on what matters most to you. What, what, what do you want your legacy to be about? What do you want to be known for? And when we're looking at meaning, there's really two parts to that. Number one, we want to be clear on what that actually looks like. What are our core values? But then number two is how do we take action in our businesses, in our relationships, in our lives that is aligned with those mm -hmm. values? Because it's one thing to say, this matters to me. It's another to really put your money where your mouth is and do it. Yeah. And so in our coaching businesses, when we understand what our professional values are, our business values, they become the barometer by which we can then decide, okay, are these actions in alignment with how I want to show up in my business? So, so that's, that's like, the first step. It's before even jumping to that next of implementation. I think a lot of us don't pause in that beginning because that overwhelm steps in. And we yes. just try to zip through to like chapter 25 instead of starting at chapter one and saying, what do I want to be known for? What's really important to me? Why does my work matter? And build up that self-worth and that confidence. That's right. Because when we face the tough moments in our businesses, and we will, I mean, that is happen. inevitable. <laughs> yes, we're going to have hiccups. <laughs> we're going to, we're going to have dips. 
when we can go back and re-anchor into our values and remind ourselves, this is why I'm doing this. This is why it matters to me. It helps us navigate the overwhelm and the discomfort that comes when we go through a rough patch. So that's why I think starting with that first M of meaning can be so helpful. It really supports us as we take action. And then we move into the second M, which is mindset. And this is an M that I'm sure many coaches are familiar <laughs> with. It is a big one. It's absolutely a big one. What is the meaning though? Because when I think about meaning, and I'm sorry to kind of- No, not at all. Act, but I think about, you know, that's when you're writing your mission statement. That's when you're writing your why. That's when you're getting clear on your niche. Like yes. it's at the beginning, like, what do I want to be known for? What am I contributing to this world? It gives me chills even saying that because that was the only thing that ever pushed me to face fears. And we all have fears in this business, different ones, but forced me to like go right on video because I was like, I have to get this message out. Otherwise I would have just sat there and done a lot of busy work. Like I see a lot of coaches do Mm -hmm. buy more courses, more courses, more courses, instead of sitting down in that beginning step, which I do think is the foundation, just as you mentioned. Absolutely. And I will be perfectly honest with you. Part of the reason I wrote this book was because I didn't have a guide like this when I started out. And when I started out, I did not anchor my business in my meaning, in my core values. I was moving away from a very successful career as a psychotherapist. And I had this gut sense that I've got to make this work. If I'm turning my back on my career as a therapist, then this coaching thing, it better be worth it. And so what I did, unfortunately, is I anchored my work around what I thought other people would want and what I thought other people would pay for. So I created this coaching brand and this identity with visual imagery and so forth that didn't look like me at all. It didn't reflect who I was or how I wanted to work. feel that connection to it. And then we all feel like stagnant in our business and our life. Yes. I felt completely lost inside my business for over a year. And it was because I didn't lead with who I was and what makes me special and unique. And I didn't lead with my values. So I really had to course correct a good year or so into my business. And the minute that I got clear on why am I doing this work? Mm. Why does it matter to me? How does it connect with the things that I believe in and that I stand for? Then I was able to create a business and a brand that was fully in alignment. And that's also when I started to attract more clients. And we've talked a lot about you know, finding clients and how that works. And I've learned that you can't be afraid to turn the wrong people off in order to turn the right people on. And part of the way we turn the right people on... <laughs> Just clap is, for that moment. Okay. Of the drop <laughs> <laughs> a little boom, mic drop. But it's true because when when we're clear about what we stand for and what we believe... The people who resonate with that, they're going to feel instantly connected to us. They're going to want to learn more about us. And so we can't be afraid to draw some some of the naysayers. They're not our people. And so if anything, it's just like, okay, now I know, like, that's not where I need to place my focus. Let me really focus on the people who need to hear my message from me. Well, I appreciate you going back. Now we can jump into it because I just was like, this maybe maybe we haven't even focused enough on what that beginning means on how powerful it is and how essential it is to actually, because you can't build just a profitable business by not having those things in order. No, it it may be short-term profitable, but I don't think it'll be sustainable. 
And, and I, it starts to affect your life too, because when we are holistic entrepreneurs, there really is no separation. There's not, there's not, you know, we are, at least my business doesn't exist right. in a vacuum. It's yeah. very connected to all of me. And I want it to be that way. I'm happy with that. But then I have to understand how all of these pieces weave together. And so that meaning M really helps me do that. Okay. So now let's jump into the next part. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about M number two, which is mindset. mindset. Yes. So I want to be clear that when I'm talking about mindset, I'm really talking about our internal relationship with our private experiences. And so those private experiences are thoughts, feelings, sensations, emotions, memories, things that we know are happening within us that someone else might not know unless we told them, hey, I'm thinking this or feeling this. And so the way that we relate to those private inner experiences, that falls under the large umbrella of mindset for me. So it certainly includes thought work, and it certainly includes the mind, but it can also include emotions and those other things as well. And what I find is that when we have an unwanted or a distressing thought, like I'm no good, people are going to judge me, I'm never going to make it, like all of that inner critic stuff, um, our tendency, our default tendency, I should say, is to latch onto it and to believe it as truth because our mind has said so. And it's funny because I find sometimes it's the opposite with unwanted emotions. If we experience an uncomfortable emotion, we don't want to feel that. And so we're going to push it away. We're going to avoid. We're going to find other things to distract us from that, right. um, sometimes not very healthy ones. And so we glom on to these thoughts and we push away these emotions. And then we just get ourselves in a state of feeling overwhelmed and lost right. and, and alone. I just was saying this. I just had done a TikTok before we started the show. And I was talking about this, this overwhelm that comes and that burnout. And that often the biggest thing is the fear. Yes. It's not all the work. It's not the launching. It's not the doing, you know, maybe doing a webinar is scary or running a challenge is scary. But it's the inner thoughts that really exhaust and train us. All those ones that you just mentioned, which were, I was like, she is in every coach's mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's because it's universal, right? Yes. I, I definitely want to normalize these types of thoughts and feelings because they're, they're we're human and it's going to happen. And actually, there's a really good reason why it happens. I like to think of our mind as the ultimate safety monitor. It mm -hmm. wants to keep us safe at all costs. It's why we've survived as human beings. And it's going to do whatever it takes to keep us safe. And a lot of times, as you know, as our visibility increases, our vulnerability yes. increases too. <laughs> yep. And yeah. when we're vulnerable, the mind doesn't like that. And so it's going to come in and it's going to Challenge. speak rather. Yeah, it's going to challenge. It's going to speak rather <laughs> unkindly and say, who do you think you are to do this? You're going to get shamed. You're going to get canceled. Nobody's going to believe you. All of these things. Because if we believe that, then we retreat and we go back to where it's safe and where it's small. So it's helpful for me actually to think about the mind as trying to do a good job trying to support me, trying to keep me safe. And when I think about it in those terms, then I put myself in the power position of getting to choose. Do I need my mind to be keeping me safe right now? Is safety my priority? Sometimes it may be, but more often than not in my business, what I need is not to be safe. What I need is to put myself out there and be encouraged. And so when I understand why my mind is pumping me with all of these thoughts, then I can respond in a way that's going to serve me best in the moment. 
Well, and I think I think the beautiful you just explained that so beautifully. I just have to say because the mindset part and how our brain functions, I think a lot of people think that those who are successful don't have those fears, don't have that imposter syndrome, don't, but it's it's just we don't sit there for very long. We all have them. It's just how long you sit there. That is exactly right. And my goal with my clients, but also in my own self-coaching, is not about getting rid of unwanted thoughts or emotions or banishing imposter syndrome or any of that. I think if our goal is to eliminate something, we're setting ourselves up for failure. Mm -hmm. But to your point, what we can control is the amount of time that we spend experiencing these things. And if we can shorten the duration so that we can get back to doing that values-based work that gives us a sense of meaning and purpose, then that's what helps us navigate these sticky situations. And that's what helps us ground coming back to that core of what, what is this special work that I'm actually doing and why does the world need to hear it? Exactly. So we're already seeing how interconnected the three M's are. We haven't even talked about the third one yet, but they are, they're all woven together like a tapestry and we can talk about each one of them individually, but it helps to see how they all work together to support a really healthy, holistic approach to this work. And so let's dive into the last M. Yes. So the last M is mindfulness. And I, for one, am very excited that mindfulness has really like hit the zeitgeist over the last five or 10 years. (laughs) It is. It's very trendy. (laughs) Yes. But because it's so trendy, sometimes people hear it and they're, it's an immediate eye roll or mindfulness, you know, I don't, exactly. (laughs) So let's just clarify what we're talking about first. Mindfulness is simply the act of being fully present in the moment you are in preferably from a perspective of openness and curiosity and non-judgment and really being fully tuned in to whatever's going on in the here and now. Mm -hmm. And that is challenging. I mean, it's why we talk about having a mindfulness practice because it is, it requires practice. These are skills that we can develop. Um, What I find most often is that when we are getting pulled away by our thoughts and our emotions, so there's that mindset piece, we tend to, I call it time traveling. We either think about what we could have done differently, could have done better. We replay things that have already happened. So we're living in the past or we're jettisoning ourselves into the future, worrying about what hasn't happened yet, trying to plan, trying to prepare. And we have pulled ourselves right out of the present moment. And I want to be clear that I think it is important to plan and prepare. Being future-oriented can be very helpful. We can also learn from the past and allow that past learning to inform our present. But that should be an intentional decision to reflect on the past or to plan for the future, not a default response. Right. And so mindfulness practice helps us then ground ourselves in the present moment to really be fully connected to the people we're speaking to, to the people we're loving on to ourselves. And so for me, that is at the heart of mindfulness and it's where we can experience true contentment. And what, what do you see, what would be a great example of a coach that is not sitting in their mindfulness? What can a coach experience? When, when they are practicing? When they're, when they're not in their mindfulness. Oh, oh my goodness. Well, this is, this is the proverbial rat race. This is just taking action for the sake of taking action. It's that kind of busy work that so many coaches fall into. 
so we're worrying about, is this enough? Am I going to get clients? Am I going to, it just kind of goes on and on and on. And it really pulls us into that spiral of yeah. feeling overwhelmed, anxious, and it can lead to burnout as well. And it's why mindfulness practice is often used when we are working with people who are experiencing burnout, because it helps us reattune and reacclimate ourselves to the present moment. I love that you shared about that. I've been sharing very openly that I went through one of the worst burnouts and I had to really look at what was going on in my life, what was going on in past trauma, what was going on in my past life experiences. I don't mean past life, although I think that's pretty cool too, but I mean like this life's experiences yes. that had me overwork and feel that I needed to be nonstop to be successful. And that yes. was this core belief that had been with me for the longest time. And as I really stood in and stepped into that truth of like, wow, I'm not present, being conscious of every time I picked up my phone, if I was like at a family event, that kind of stuff that just takes us out. And we're like, oh, no, I'm checking work. But to really stop those behaviors, step into that mindfulness practice and really ask yourself, like, what's pulling me away from being present in the moment? I think that was a biggie for me. Yes, I that that's huge. And that does require a willingness to be vulnerable with the self. It requires introspection and self-reflection, which I think many coaches are naturally good at. And we understand how to guide our clients through that as well. And I want to say too, that you can be a mindful coach and a hard worker. You can be a mindful coach and really love taking action in your business. For me, mindfulness is very much connected to intentionality. Am I working in order to escape? Am I working in order to soothe my anxiety? Or am I working because it brings me joy? And I know I'm always on the right track when I feel like I'm in a flow state when I'm working in my business, because for me, flow and mindfulness are inextricably linked. And that feels very different, both emotionally, but also somatically in the body. It feels different to be operating from that state versus the rushed hustle, anxiety driven, I got to get this done or else. That's yeah. an entirely different approach. And so it's not that we can't work and, and work hard, but it's the intention behind it that's different. I love that. I mean, I think, you know, I think for that new coach, especially building their business, there's so much, there is so much overwhelm there. We talked about the roadmap. We talked about, you know, the mindset. We talked about grounding in the meaning. And I feel like this last part is, is really the bread and butter of the successful business. Because if you don't marry this last part, I think with, with each of these other ones, it's really hard not to then go into burnout. And it's really hard not to step into the massive overwhelm. It's what true. would you suggest for the coach who is having a hard time showing up, showing up and having that vulnerability? What would you say is a good place for that person to start? Well, the very first place to start is from the perspective of grace and self-compassion understanding that you're experiencing this not because there's a problem or a flaw with you. This is how we are wired. We are hardwired for this. So there is nothing wrong with you. You're not doing anything wrong. It may just point to some skills that need some strengthening so that 
Yeah. And that's all it is. I never want people to feel shamed or like they've done something wrong or that they are someone wrong. This is a normal response to stress. And so instead of shaming ourselves or making ourselves feel bad, let's just create a space where it's like, okay, I am having these thoughts. I am having these feelings. And having this this season where maybe I'm not completely honest. Yes, that this is a, a cycle, a phase perhaps. So we want to start with really just treating ourselves with compassion and with grace. And then once we've kind of normalized that, then we can start diving into, okay, why am I doing this work? Why is this important? We go to that meaning pillar. Meaning. Exactly. So we start from self-compassion and grace. And I will say you know, as a, as a former therapist who now coaches, sometimes the lines between therapy and coaching can get a little blurry. If you're finding it particularly difficult to treat yourself with, with compassion and grace, if the thoughts continue to come to the point where they're almost intrusive, if these habits are such that it's so hard to break that it's interfering with your ability to move forward, then you may need some support in, in even this first step. And that's where a really good therapist can come in. But many of us are able to kind of self-coach our way through this. And so if you're able to create that space of compassion, then we can reconnect with the meaning pillar, what's, what gives your life a sense of purpose, what drives you. And then from there, we can take values-driven action. And I love that you keep talking about rewiring the brain. We're actually working on a program to sell that's about rewiring the brain. And it's a lot of just like not just, well, I'm not going to get into the science part because that is not my jam. That's a whole nother episode. That's a whole nother episode. (laughs) But talking about how this, our brain really does try to protect ourselves and like how to create these different practices and habits that get us to kind of rewire our thought pattern. Yes. You know, and in a very practical sense, I have never, ever met anyone for whom being told not to think something or not to feel something has worked. You know, when it's like, oh, don't worry about that or don't be sad, that doesn't work. If anything, it just heightens that thought or that feeling. So instead of trying to avoid or minimize it, if we can just create space for it and meet it head on, and I recognize that, especially with very painful memories and and emotions, this is hard work, which yeah. is why sometimes we do need some outside support. But when we are able to do that, oftentimes we find that the intensity kind of comes down a couple notches. Instead of fighting against it, just creating space for it, it's like, okay, I have this sense of anxiety, I have this sense of sadness, and I can move forward with it. Not in spite of it and not against it, but with it. And then over time, maybe it becomes a little bigger, maybe it comes a little smaller, but it's not driving the boat, right? We are. I love that. I mean, I when you think of the characteristics of a successful coach, what are those characteristics that you think of? Well, I would definitely say someone who is open and curious. So both about other people, but also about the self. So when these things come up, instead of going to shame and blame, we go to curiosity and wondering, oh, I wonder what's going on there. Let's dig in a bit. So I would say openness and curiosity, coupled with that visionary big picture approach that we talked about before. I do think there needs to be a genuine concern and compassion for other people. 
that when we are working with clients, we are really centering their experience, centering their agenda. Our goal is to serve and support them as a guide. So we are the experts in coaching and the coaching process, but the client is the expert in themselves. And so when we can recognize and respect that, then it becomes even easier to create powerful relationships quickly and to help our clients achieve the results that they want more efficiently as well. I love that you said create powerful relationships quickly, because when I was thinking about, okay, how does mindfulness show up when you're actively coaching? You can't close a discovery call if you're not present. You have to be like with that person and journeying with that person, giving them a sense of idea of what it's like to coach with you. You can't close on a webinar if you're not present to what you're saying and the words and really thinking about your ideal client and their problems and emotionally and spiritually and physically. It's like, it's impossible to run a business if you're not present. That's exactly right. You run it, but you'll run into burnout. <laughs> yes, yes. And it's tricky too when we are in session with our clients because we do need to be fully attuned to our client, listening to their words, listening to the tone, picking up on any nonverbals if we're on video or if we're face to face. And at the same time, we also have to be attuned to those internal experiences we're having because one of our greatest tools as a coach is our intuition. And so we need to understand, and this is something that we talk a lot about in my certification program, we need to understand what is intuition, how does it show up for you, what are your signs and signals, and how can you be attuned to that without it distracting you from the client in front of you? And that's a bit of a dance. So really being fully present with your client, but also with your own experience, because that may have something to contribute to the coaching session as well. So what would you say to the coach who is, they're, they're thriving in their practice and they're ready to up-level? How can the three M's really take them to that next level? Yes. Well, let's start with meaning and let's think about what is motivating this desire to up-level. Let's connect that desire with your values. Perhaps it's to be of service to others. Perhaps it's to achieve greater freedom in your own business and life. And again, these values can coexist. There may be multiple values that are influencing that. And, and that is normal and fine. It's good to know, though, because sometimes values can clash with each other. Mm -hmm. And that's also what sometimes can throw us off in our businesses if we're experiencing a values clash. So we just want to understand what's motivating this desire to scale. How does it connect with my, with my values? And what thoughts and emotions come up when I think about scaling, when I think about building my visibility, serving more people and really putting myself out there? What, what work might I have to do internally so that I feel fully ready to show up to the world and say, here's who I am and here's what I do. Really and then of course, questions that you just, yeah. I mean, those, it just, just in even saying them, it's like, I always think that's the power of coaching like this right yes. now is a mini coaching session is that you saying that I immediately start to think about the things that come up. Excellent. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. <laughs> and, and, I, but I think part of the reason you're able to do that, Rachel, is that third M it's, it's mindfulness. You and I, I can sense it. I can always sense it in conversations like this. We are both fully present and engaged with each other, mm. like everything else in the room. And, and it just disappears. We are, it's, it's you and me. And that allows us then to do that deep introspective work, to, to really ponder those questions. 
But then, of course, at some point, we need to take all that internal work and make it external. Mm -hmm. And that's where once we're clear on why does this matter to me, what what thoughts or, or emotions might I need to be willing to experience to move forward? How can I stay grounded in the present moment? Then we take all of that and that informs the blueprint, the action plan, which is if this is what I want, what does it look like? How do I get there? And we can work backwards. We can reverse engineer a plan. But first, before we do that, we just need to make sure that we're grounded in the three M's. Because if we create a plan that's not in alignment with those three M's, we might achieve success, but it's not going to feel good. And we're yeah. always going to be wondering, what am I doing wrong? Well, and I love that word that you said when you're in a workflow. It's like when you're in a flow, there's that trust, that faith, that enjoyment, like the fun comes in. But when it's exhausting and draining, all of that, those mind, that mindset pillar just is, is just, <laughs> it's almost so difficult just to manage it. Yes, that's exactly right. So again, these are skills that we practice. And even those of us who are masterful coaches, we still have to practice them every day. It, and it, but it becomes kind of a part of who we are. Yeah. And, and so then all of a sudden the practice just becomes the process. And then we can model to our clients, to our colleagues, to our audience, what mm. it means to live a life that's aligned with the three M's. And we show people what's possible. And I think that's the other thing too, is that a good coach understands how to be a model of what's possible for their clients. I mean, I think about the first coaches when I was saying that I hired like five different coaches, some of them just had the person, not the personality, like I wanted to be them, but they had this way of showing up that was a leader. And I hired like a coach just because I was like, I want what she has. I want mm -hmm. to be that leader. I want to show up vulnerable and I want to show up in alignment. And there have been times where, like I said, it wasn't that I wasn't in alignment. I wasn't in alignment with some of my old stuff that needed outside help. And thank God for that, because it's not fun when you can't get out of that place where you're not being present or where you're stagnant because there's your mindset, you're not rewiring. It can be a vicious cycle. It can. It can, which is why it's so important to have people who support you in your corner, including a really good coach. And yeah. that's that's why I became a coach. It's why I feel so strongly about helping other people become powerful, ethical coach, because I really do believe in, in the power of that ripple effect and how one coach can create that ripple that can change a person's life, that can affect their community, and that can affect the larger world. It's so beautiful that you said that. Can you... Can you tell everyone where to find you? Because I know that they're going to resonate with this episode. They're going to resonate with you. And if anyone's looking for a great certification, they can definitely check out your academy. Well, thank you so much. I would love to continue the conversation. The best place to find me is over on my website, coachwithclarity.com. That's where you can learn more about my podcast, the Coach with Clarity podcast, all of my programs, and my book, Act on Your Business. And if you'd like to learn more about the three M's, I would love to offer you a free chapter of my book where we do a deep dive into the three M's. So you can go to coachwithclarity.com slash act and download your free chapter. Oh, that's so awesome. I mean, this has been such a powerful conversation just with talking about these three M's that I'm sure every coach is going to fall in love. Well, guys, you've heard this episode. I hope that you loved it as much as I did and that you got meaning from it. 
the meaning that you need for your business, and of course, practice the three M's. You know where to follow this woman. You should definitely, I was just stalking her Instagram today, having a really fun time. <laughs> so make sure you go over and follow this gem. All right, guys. And Lee, thank you so much. All right, guys, that is all for today. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe to the show so you don't miss any future episodes. While you're there, it would mean the world to me if you take just a few seconds and leave me an honest review. Truth is, I love honesty. Your reviews help me to reach even more health coaches and wellness professionals who are ready to explode their business and want the truth in this non-BS approach. You can find all the links and the information mentioned in this episode at www.rachelafeldman.com backslash podcast. All right, so don't forget to tag me on Instagram at Rachel A. Feldman and let me know what was your favorite part of the episode. This will help me to create even better content for you, bring on awesome peeps to tell you the truth about how they built their business, plus other speakers to help you take your business to the top without overwhelm. Thanks for listening and I'll see you guys soon.